I like your, your ice cream. Looks really good. Is, is that cotton candy in it? That's my favorite kind of ice cream. It's cotton candy ice cream. It's uh, I like blue as my favorite food. What's up? Well, you know, a um, little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, shucking and jiving. That's that's what I... <laughs> shucking? Back to crabs again? <laughs> Do you shuck crabs? Is that you, wrong? No, you, no, that's oysters. You're shucking oysters. <laughs> you're, you're shucking oysters. See, I'm not a seafood crabs. guy. It's all, it's all new to me. Uh, oh. You're shucking corn and husking crabs. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're doing all that. All that and then some. Skinning clams. Boiling chicken wings. <laughs> don't, don't know Delicious. I'll have some uh, straight boiled fish. Thank you very uh, much. Now I, uh, you know, I am. <laughs> I felt like I was. I was. I tried to get prepared for the show today. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be prepared for the show. I'm going to be ready. Uh-oh. I had. I had a whole. Well, I won't say a whole. I had like maybe three bullet points. Okay. Wrote some notes. Okay. I was ready to go. I said, I'm going to uh-huh. go. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to go. Left the notebook on the desk uh, at the office where I'm working. Mm-hmm. So I've got no notes. Uh, I, I, I didn't, have, didn't have anything that, that I wanted to drink. So I'm having uh, a leftover Guinness from St. Patrick's Day. Guinness. Yeah. And... Uh, here we go. You don't remember your bullet points? Uh, well, you know, I, I vague, I vaguely kind of I don't. remember one. I, I never well, come I, prepared. I'll just tell you that right off the bat. I am no. never prepared. I am a one foot in front of another guy because I will trip if I am um, not paying attention. Well, I, I, I thought it would be a good experiment. I thought I would try something new, and that would be to actually prepare for the show. Was it related to what you wrote? Yes, yes, thank you. Okay, hmm. yes, it it actually was related to what I wrote. So, yes, earlier this afternoon, I, I wrote a short little blog post about time and attention and how all of us internet elves that make the shoes – are trying to steal kind of like how kind of like how the conservatives think that the liberals are trying to take everybody's guns well the internet people are trying to take everybody's attention and i think that part is true everybody is trying to take everybody's attention and what do we yeah. do about that and um well, yeah. in, in in the in the biz in the product biz we call that engagement Yes, engagement. So we everybody everybody your... wants some engagement. Yes. Yeah. The more the the longer the duration of your engagement, the better results most products get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most. It's not true of all. Uh, clearly, some some products don't lend themselves towards long term interactions. You know, but most do, and most want to. Because they believe that's more opportunity to sell you things. That's all it is. 
Sure. Uh, but so you're thinking in terms of, is it, is that good or bad? Is that what you're kind of getting at? Well, no, I, I, I don't think that it's a matter of whether it's good or bad. I mm. think it's a matter of whether that model is right for your specific situation. So you nailed it on the head that there are certainly some websites, some apps, some services that don't lend itself well to extended quote quote engagement. You know, yeah, it's it's sure. a it's a single you know single use utility yeah. type of I thing. I thought so, I think immediately of the alarm clock or timer apps. Right. They're it, useful it, but I don't spend a long time in them. Exactly. But think about because I, you but they know, also give it away for free. They're not making money off. That. Well, not not all of them. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. There, there okay. were years ago that I just, you know, I thought, oh, let's let's find a really super cool alarm clock app because a lot of them would be uh, where they would talk about <laughs> having different skins and different things. Like yeah, that. actually, and I so, think I did pay pay for one so, as well. And so, yeah, so I would get a whole bunch of different alarm clocks, just trying to find one that had a really cool skin or whatever. And so, hey, guess what? There are a whole lot of alarm clock apps out there that have ads in them. Yes. Why do you need an ad? So I can so uh, I can get into this pretty I can get into this pretty deep. Yeah. So so I mean so this is kind of actually where I'm going in my head is 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 there are a lot of these different services where you know I I would I would. Much rather pay two ninety nine for a really cool sure. alarm clock than yep. to have an alarm clock with ads embedded in it. So there are so many different services where engagement, as you put it, does not belong, but they try to shoehorn it in. Yep, I know why. So ha- well, okay, continue. So, what are the different ways to make money? In this app environment, you can have it for free, right? Right. So no payment. You can do freemium, which is you get certain features for free Mm -hmm. and then have to pay for more premium and or time-based, like you get 10 days free and then you have to pay, that kind of idea. I like a freemium. Uh, I do. I like a freemium. Uh, I, I enjoy freemium as well because you get a taste for what you're going to hopefully pay for. Uh, there's one-time fee, which is a two ninety nine, four ninety nine, mm-hmm. whatever it is, right. and or ad-related. Yeah. Here's why people go for ad-related. It's persistent. It's continual. It's not one time, and it can scale. Um, if you do a flat fee one-time purchase for the app, what happens as an app developer is you only get that person one time. So the only other way to get them continually is in-app purchases. Sure. That's really hard to do if it's not a game. Or... Continually have to keep making apps that you get people to pay for, which is really hard because that takes a lot of time. Yeah. So this is why most app companies go for ads 
or freemium. If you don't have a lot of features, freemium doesn't make sense because what are you going to offer to someone in a timer app when all it is is a timer app? Mm -hmm. True. And if you're charging a one-time fee, it's unlikely that you're probably going to get them to pay again for something else later. They're certainly not going to do a subscription or a membership fee. That's another way you can go. Right. Because uh, that doesn't make sense. So you do ads. It's the only way you can make the app and make, keep making money off of it. Agreed. Agreed. So that's what most people go through when they're creating an app in terms of how can we get paid for this. Hmm. See, now, if I were going to make an app, I would come up with a grandiose idea for an app that might be a one-time use or a one-time fee, perhaps freemium. But then I would do something like a timer app, again, give it a one-time fee, a low one-time fee, knowing that there's only so many purchases I'm going to get, and that bankrolls the other. That would be a smart thing to do. That's what, yeah, that's what uh, development companies do. Right. Because they have the, hopefully they have the capacity, but as often as they, I mean, just think about how much it costs probably to design anything. And then to build it and to launch it, you have to get quite a few downloads to recoup and to make money off of that. To then jump in and do it all over again. That is very true. So you have, to, you have to hope you make a really good app. That hopefully gets featured in the App Store. That a lot of people like and f are willing to pay for it. And, uh, and my stats, when or the data that I did back when we were doing Chore Monster, was that of the apps that are available for purchase, <laughs> less than 10% of people pay for apps. It's huh. very, it's very, very low. Very less low. than 10%. And guess how many apps people download onto their phones? Guess the number between 1 and 50. 40. I want to say it's 5. What? Yeah, it's low. 5 apps. Uh huh. We run in circles that are abnormal. That's the problem. We bust wow. the average in terms of we are not median. We are outliers. I'll, I'll look it up again. But this was when we we're at the Disney Accelerator. They kept they gave us all sorts of amazing insider info, and uh -huh. some of the stuff just blew my mind. They're like the average person only. It may not be downloads, but I think it is. Downloads five apps. They just don't do anything other than email and browse the internet and text and phone. That's about it. And then maybe something like Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. It might wow. if it so it's either download or definitely interact with. Yeah. I know that's pretty low. But I want to say that downloads are pretty low too. So the opportunity to get someone's attention to buy an app is pretty low. Considering how many people have an iPhone. When you when you hear about App Store downloads and stuff for popular games and stuff, it, uh -huh. it feels out of whack with, like, you think about how many people have an iPhone. There are certainly a, a number of people that download a lot, and I'm, I'm assuming these numbers try to get rid of those extremes. Yeah. Because they can just offset everything, but I would assume those people that download. they didn't, Now, what they didn't do is didn't, give me any kind of range they said in the middle because mm -hmm. 
because I remember doing that in talks, talking about in some of the talks that I did back in the day about some of this shocking stuff that people just assume because we're in the tech industry, we just take for granted our own ability to adopt new things, to understand how to download, to trust someone to pay and use. Mm -hmm. You think about like our product now that I'm working on, we have a huge uh, iPad user base. Yeah. Very rare. It's because we have an old audience. Mm-hmm. 45 uh, plus is 75% of our audience. And those are big tablet users. Huh. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. And I'd they figure, approach the I'd... internet very differently. They're distrustful of everything. Sure. Yes. <laughs> like we have a, a, you know, like eBay has, like a, you put in the amount that you would be willing to pay for something and we will automatically bid as it needs to happen. Like if someone bids against you, we'll do the next increment for you. You know, yep. that kind of idea. Yep. People don't do it because <laughs> they think it's a robot and they think that we're doing it literally. Like, I don't want you bidding for me. We're not bidding for, I mean, our platform <laughs> is, but we're not. They're like, they think like you made it go so high. Like if it weren't for you, it would have gone for a lot cheaper. This, like they just don't trust things. It's anyway. Huh. It gives you a whole new perspective on, oh, there's still quite a lot of people who do not trust, maybe for good reason, <laughs> when you have things like Equifax and sure, sure. Cambridge Analytica, maybe right. we should be more curmudgeonly in our approach to <laughs> the internet. But the fact that we work in it, we kind of already understand that we've given away a lot already. Exactly. Yeah, we, we, we know because we know we know what we're getting. Yeah. So we know if if we're getting so much, then somebody who's far more scaled up than we are is, has got infinitely much more. So, ha. Huh. Uh, um, which uh, do you have a smart? Do you have anything smart in your home? Oh, I have all sorts of smart things in my home. Really? Yes. Yeah. I don't have anything. Literally, hmm. I don't have an Alexa or a home. I don't have a Nest or. Yeah. No, I, I got nothing. I, I've I've got a I've got a dingus. Um, we we actually have two of the the dinguses. Uh, one down in the basement office, one upstairs. Um, spent quite a bit of time talking to it tonight. My five year old learned that it will spell words for him, and he's learning to read. And he just spent thirty minutes asking dingus to spell words. Uh, we got a, <laughs> we got a nest. Uh, I think because, that's kind of yeah spell it, this yeah oh yeah and it was it was actually pretty great um w- uh we got a nest through our electric company they mm. they they ran a they oh, ran a special where they gave us a free one uh in in exchange for being able to override it in the summer uh during peak energy usage it makes a ton of sense because they could probably monitor energy usage yes. so much better yes. yeah so, that's smart. I wish our area did that, but we yeah. live in, you know, Trump country. So that's yeah. so happen. so so we, we, we did that. So I got a I got a free nest out of that and you know, and and it actually worked really, really well. Um I know that there was there was definitely one day during the summer when we were home that we got a notification that they did an override 
which we can then go back and override again. Uh, but, right, uh, you still have control over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, they've, they've locked us out and they're like, you're just well. going to sweat. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I wonder how, how you would think like a power company in California or something would do that in terms of being able to control their brownouts they have and well, I, you know, consumption. And, I mean, based on, because when, when we signed up for it, we had to do the actual sign up at Nest, not through the power company. So it, it seems huh. like, yeah, it they seems literally like just they would provided be, it for you. Yeah. It seems like they would be doing a lot no more of that across the country than, I don't know. It's, um, I would think the biggest energy consumers that were corporations and giant office buildings, which I don't, does a nest work in those kind of environments? Uh, you know, I think it could. You would you would have to have a whole lot of them and set them up into. Do they? Zones yeah. Do they? In, do they inter? Yeah. Do they interlink in any way? They they can. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, but I but I I don't know how many of them. I I think there has yeah. to be somewhat of a limit as to how many of yeah. them would interlink. But that would be my assumption. Is that there has uh, to be some sort of a some sort of an industrial grade nest competitor yeah. somewhere? You know. This that reminds me of a podcast I listened to. Uh, it's called Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. Right. And they did something on air conditioning. Uh, about the the, the birth of it uh, and how it has literally changed Americans' I- internal climate, like your internal ability to cope with weather. Uh, air conditioners have changed all Americans to be just unable to cope with warm weather. Yeah. And if you go to like a foreign country, I think they talk, they're talking about India, maybe how they use this really ancient uh, method of cooling, which is basically like you dig a well in the middle of a room. Mm-hmm. Swamp uh, that, cooling. Sort of. They call it something different because they're in India, but right. uh, basically like it cools an entire room and like the, the lot of stone and, and clay, which is, you know, Good, yeah. good at insulating and retaining coolness and heat when it needs to make sense. But like, it's the, they're like, if if modern, you know, in terms of the future, we need to be much more wise about this. And air conditioning probably isn't going to go away. But to try to c- come up with new systems, and there's whole companies out there now trying to make. Uh, for office buildings specifically, new systems. Because they said, like, it really became a major deal in office buildings. Um, where before, like, if you look at architecture, which I know Kansas City has from, like, the early 1900s, very large windows that opened. Uh-huh. Which was to, when you're up high, get that cool breeze going through. Right. Otherwise, it would be stifling. But now we've gone to, you know, small windows, all enclosed, blowing massive amounts of air. Down, I believe air conditioners are up high. Mostly. Yeah. Well, you know. But anyway, and, this, it was just fascinating in terms of like, I wonder well, how a smart system yeah. and uh, some more innovative ways to cool our, our very climate sensitive bodies. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was in Pittsburgh giving a, giving a talk there, we went and, you know, toured around. And there was one building that they pointed out on a boat tour which had this gigantic hole right in the middle of it so it was kind of it 
it was it was like a twin towers type of office building. It wasn't super tall. I mean, it was a turn of the century building. Uh, you know, so it had it had a base. So the whole thing was basically built like a big O. So you know, it had twin twin towers, but then they closed up at the top, and you know, kind of closed all the way across. And so, and and they said, yeah, definitely that hole was. It was a way to catch the wind, and you know, and disperse it into the into the areas and to, to climate cooler, you know, because it was shady, because it was mm-hmm. shaded by the top, and it, yeah, yeah, you know. Huh, interesting. Yeah, but we built tall, and there's no shade that way. No. Except I, right. they said that old office buildings were built with as squares, or like you said, like they had a, mm-hmm. a middle yep. area to help. Yeah. Interesting. The worst yeah. air conditioning. The worst air conditioning uh, that you never, ever want is just plain old water cooling. Uh, there, there was a there was oh a, that's like Arizona or something oh uh, geez there was the, a, there uh, was a, yeah kind of like misty things or whatever they would do. um so, sort of I I had I have never heard of a cooling system like this before and definitely have not ever since but there was a apartment I lived in when I was in college and the entire thing was built out of cinder blocks and it didn't have air conditioning per se but it had this water cooling system where uh there were these pipes that would run they were common to all of the all of the units along a certain wall of you know and this whole thing was built in a square too mm-hmm. and and they and they were all along this thing and so you know, water would pump, and it would, and it would basically, you know, kind of just suck the heat out of the room, and and a fan would blow over the the wet pipe, and so it was always humid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was all that's yeah. yeah. It was oh my gosh, and the worst part of it was that my unit was on the end of the water circuit, and there was a clog. Yeah. <laughs> And so every other – and so what happened is every other single unit along my side of the wall was super cold, and then mine was just a swamp. And, oh, geez. And, and it took an entire summer for them to figure it out, and they, and they had to tear the ceiling out above my bathtub, and then, you know, there was just black shit water that – came out mm, when they oh, it was shit water it was fun swampy swampy swamperson's uh air conditioning unit it was yuck. filthy mcnasty's ass water filthy cool mcnasty's ass water comfort <laughs> pipe well i lived with the uh this is gonna sound weird i lived with the amish during the summer and i don't know how i survived huh, huh. like obviously they don't use uh minor conveniences and it was in pennsylvania and ohio oddly uh, enough that does not sound that strange it was for a uh credit for something in college for i can't remember the credit but anyway it was fascinating because they had connections to amish families i'm like i'll do yeah i'm gonna do that how often do you get that chance that is true but yeah summers I, I that. Woo, summers in pennsylvania are not cool and i somehow survived i think they just 
close the shades, have windows open. It's very keeps it cool, I assume. But put the sheet up. Ugh. Now I wish it would get warm. It's still cold here. Still, it's still cold. Really? Yes. Wow. It got up to fifty today. That's not cold. No, but it's rainy. So, you know, Man. it's a it's a mixed bag of, oh, great, it got a little warmer, but now it's raining and shit out. Mm-hmm. Stupid everything. Everything's stupid. <laughs> now it's complaint, complaint central. Everything's dumb. I hate everything. Complaint central. I, I have hemorrhoids. Got my nose is constantly clogged. I oh. have to start trimming my nose hair. Start? You got to start? Well, I forget to do it sometimes i used to pluck and that hurts a lot mm. Mm. and then i found that i had an adapter on my uh beard trimmer yeah oh, there you go there you go plug trimming stick that up that nose <laughs> tearing up in the morning it's great we just made everyone disgusted i did yep. not you you had nothing to do with it it's all my fault i'll take it I, feel, I, I think it's I just feel, because I had to work in this thing called HubSpot today, and it makes me bitchy uh, and mean. So that that makes you that makes you talk about bloodshits and hammer. That feels like <laughs> a Bush song. Bloodshits, yeah, bloodshits. <laughs> that sounds like a Creed. I think it sounds like something that people who like Creed get. <laughs> oh, I love Creed. Oh, I blood shit blood, don't you? Shits. Do you have a guitar? Sure. Did you just get a guitar? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Even flow, maybe, maybe about much. <laughs> this episode of Uncle Weepy's Depression Dungeon is brought to you by Pippa. Pippa is the simplest, smartest way to share your podcast. Let me ask you a question: Have you ever thought about making your own podcast? Chances are, you probably have. You've thought about it but you didn't really know how to go about it. Well, let me tell you, there's a great way for you to get your your voice out to every single person that is on this planet, and that is through a service called Pippa. So what do you do? You get yourself a microphone, you get yourself an idea, you record yourself a show, you set yourself up with a Pippa account, and they make it super easy to upload your show, get all of the data you need to put in there, and they can even help you with great instructions on how to put your podcast on every single major podcast platform in the world. You're talking about iTunes, you're talking about Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Heck, you can even put it on Amazon Alexa. You might even be listening to our show right now on your own very Alexa dingus, and it was made possible through Pippa. It makes podcasting ridiculously easy. Unlike some of the other podcast hosts, they have unlimited file hosting, great analytics, so that way you know how many people are listening to your show, where they're listening from, what kind of devices they're listening from. You get all sorts of great information, and for a data geek like me, it's You'll, you're just gonna you're just gonna click refresh over and over. It's 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 a real rush. And as your podcast begins to grow and you grow in listenership, and you start to be able to uh, perhaps attract the attention of advertisers, Pippa can help you there too to monetize your show. Get that money, son. Now you may be thinking to yourself, Jeremy, that this all sounds great, but there are so many things about setting up a podcast that I just either don't know how to do or don't have time to do. 
Sure, I can record myself a podcast, but then I need to set up a website. Well, you know what? Pippa can take care of that for you. Every Pippa account comes not only with unlimited hosting for your podcast files, but also sets up a show page for your podcast. You can easily share your show with followers on Twitter and Facebook using their sharing widgets. It's great. Podcasters all over the world love Pippa. Uncle Weepy loves Pippa, too, and that's why we use it. But don't just take my word for it. Go check it out yourself. Go to Pippa.io and set yourself up an account today. You can use a free account that will let you put up to five episodes total, and then when you're ready to grow, you can do so for as little as $12 a month. Again, that's Pippa, the simplest, smartest way to share your podcast that also sounds really prim, perfect, and British. Our thanks to Pippa for supporting Uncle Weepy's Depression Dungeon. So, do you have a uh, do you have a media corner? Well, uh, media I watched corner. A media Doo-doo. corner. I did watch a new Netflix documentary series. Mm. called Wild Wild Country. And it is about the religious, I don't want to say cult, but it kind of is a cult, the Rajneesh. Hmm. They were a 80s uh, uh, what's the best way to call them? Enlightenment cult started by a man they called um, Bhagwan. Okay. Uh, and he was in India, and he was not your typical guru. He was he did not like Gandhi. He was against Gandhi. He he liked free sex and love. He liked capitalism. He did not like socialism. Uh, He's and like a sexy followers, Gandhi. Yeah, he had like a long beard and everything. And his followers all wore like orange and red and maroon all together at once, which was very hard to look at. And they basically, he left India and took over a whole town in Oregon, a very small town in Oregon. It's like he and his followers found this area, came in, built this entire compound with an airfield and you know, hotels and homes and this small town in Oregon hated them being there. One, because there are small, like 40 people in the town and these crazy, very crazily dressed, I would assume pretty wealthy white people and that are all very hippie. Like this was in the, you know, early eighties were like coming and taking over their town. And these are country folk in Oregon. Like get, get the hell out of here. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then it turns really dark and flips really crazy. Like he, uh, this leader takes a vow of silence and has this woman who is his like mouthpiece, and they get militant against the people in the town in a way. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Hmm. Involves plots to kill people, some poisoning, vote voters, uh, hacking, and by busing homeless people in from all over the country to live on their compound to then vote so that they can take over the entire county. Mm. It's crazy. It's good. Wow. It's pretty good. Hmm. So I uh I continuing continuing my Harmontown kick. 
decided last night at 11.30 p.m. to to rent and watch the documentary. Oh, yeah, it's good. It is very good. It left me feeling very sad. Yes, it should. Like, really sad. That was, uh, what, three years ago, I think? Yeah. Somewhere around there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw that. Sad uh, for him? Sad for, for Dan. him. Sad yeah, for Dan, Dan has some problems. Well, Dan's, you know the girl that he's in, they got married and divorced yes, within I, yeah, a couple I months. Know that. Yeah. Yeah. It uh Yeah, did not leave me feeling good. Did not did not leave me feeling good. It it did not leave me feeling worse about Dan. It just left me no. feeling sorry for Dan. Yeah, I think a lot of things changed. This was before Rick and Morty. Yeah. Uh it was post community, so I think he was just yeah, but you know what? I got a feeling that a whole lot hasn't changed for him. No, no, no. He still has a drinking problem. I think he's with a girlfriend that he likes a lot. I mean, he, he likes a lot more. That sounds terrible. But he's, it seems to be a better relationship. It's not them fighting all the time, which is yeah. what it was before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, but I mean, honestly, most of us as creatives constantly struggling with something. I mean, that's basically yeah. all he is, is he's struggling. Therefore he drinks a lot. Yeah. Uh, or loses control. Cause I think he believes that's a, a lecture for creativity or at least yeah. to keep away the very downtimes. Cause he mm-hmm. clearly has depression. I think he knows that, but yeah, I know he sees a therapist now as well, which is helpful. I don't think he probably did that when that, when the documentary was filmed. Right. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting yeah. look inside inside of a very twisted brain. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> and it, an yeah, it definitely tour. was. It definitely was. If it weren't for the fact that there'd be no way in hell that we could probably ever get him on the show, I would love to have him on the show. Yeah. And because he would be perfect uh he would just be perfect for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, the uh he's the kind of creative that postpones the work till the very last minute and beyond and beyond yeah it's often yeah. like and i know a lot of people like that yeah and i don't i i assume it's the pressure to create rather than i mean cause, i mean i get it because i mean think about when you have too much time with something you start to tinker with it and not mm-hmm. leave it alone that is true. When you don't give yourself time and you have to do it quickly, you don't have time to overthink something. And I assume that's what most of, at least that's what I can sometimes do is like wait to the last minute because I'm not thinking, I'm just doing. Yeah. I'm bypassing my over processing or second guessing or insane yeah. tinkering because I'm bored with what I've done already and just going with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I definitely do that too. Absolutely, I think Absolutely. I think anyone in the in the creative field does that. Yeah, maybe not. I know plenty of I've heard of plenty of writers who you know they do it every, practice every day, write every day, but that's not the same as a deadline for something. No, no, uh, I think yeah, because that type of thing, uh, you know, and I've heard it called. So many different things. Some people call it morning pages. Different, hmm. you know those those are meant to be, for the most part, done and then just left. Yeah, and it's just the practice of writing. Regardless, right? It's, if it's just good. yeah, it's just making the the keyboard click. 
Yeah. And if something great comes out of it, great. Maybe maybe you can go back and revise and edit and add a little bit of meat to the bones and and, and turn it into something. But 90% of the time, I'm going to guess, that just doesn't turn into anything. And Well, and when you think so, about it, when you're yeah. writing something, too, in terms of like if it's editorial or opinion or novel, you have an editor – it goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. It gets polished and cleaned up and double-checked and researched, which isn't always true of other creative fields. Like yeah. Your true. output is the what people see a lot of times. It's, uh-huh. not, it's not a demo, if you will. A lot of times it's the... I mean, it depends on where you work, clearly where I work and other people work. It's like you do something, maybe it's wireframe, maybe it's really yeah. conceptual. It gets knocked around by either other designers or uh, people with input or who are working on it to give some pushback, all that kind of stuff. But often there isn't that either. It's just, this is up to me and I have to show it to someone and I have to decide whether I think this is good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I think definitely in the case of writing, I mean, because there's 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 no way for it to kind of go into those formative stages before it hits somebody. I, you know, when when writing gets into somebody's hands, it has to be readable. Whereas you know, a wireframe can be just a conceptual thing. Yeah, you know? so I mean, there's always a you know a modicum of of completion. Yeah, yeah, when you get to something like that. So, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, also, in my in my media corner, mm-hmm. um, stumbled across this one because the because the DVR when I when I recorded Walking Dead, which yes, I'm still watching it. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? Uh, um, it it smashed it all together and recorded it all as one two hour chunk. But right after uh, Walking Dead, they premiered a a mini series called The Terror. Have huh. you heard anything about this? No. Okay, I have not. I'm think. I'm going to suggest going and checking it out. It, okay. It's it's got it's it's got a slow beginning, but I can see some potential in it. And the oh, story, it's, story it's, it's yeah, it's based on a true story. Uh, of the the HMS Terror and the HMS Erebus, as why they, would you name a boat Terror? Why I would don't you know. do that? I don't know. What the hell is wrong with but, you? Yeah, I mean, this That's is like you know, naming it the HMS yeah. Shipwreck. Yeah, what's yeah. going to go wrong? Nothing. It's it's reverse jinx. You know, right. we're going to say yeah. the HMS. We're all going to get eaten by sharks when we drown in the ocean. <laughs> It's a long <laughs> ship name, but yeah. that's definitely yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. But it's it's a period piece. It's you know it's late eighteen hundreds British Navy, the Royal Navy off to explore the Arctic Circle and and find this? the the Northwest Passage and uh, and would this be eighteen hundreds or would this be yeah l- late eighteen hundreds? Okay, yeah. okay. Um, like I, it's the, the ships, the like ships master and are, commander era or way yeah, well, that. it's, it's master and commander era ships 
that have been retrofitted to have steam engines in them. Oh, I thought you were going to so, say to have lasers. I'm like, damn, no, this no, is no, like no. star blazers. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, the, you know, it's it's these big, tall mast ships, but they've got but the you know the Royal Navy has put icebreaker uh, metal cl- uh, cladding on the front and has put some sort of a uh, you know they. <laughs> In in the thing they were yeah it's full speed ahead we're going two knots you know hmm. so not exactly real uh, huh. not, not exactly, exactly real powerful uh, steam engines but it is powered on more than just the wind uh, it's yeah it's 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 interesting it starts and it's out a mini, slow and it's a mini series say so it's yes limited. I I've read that it's going to be a ten hour mini series so so ten episodes oh nice uh, it's. It's got some promise. So so my my pick of the week is The Terror okay. on AMC. Did you ever uh, watch, by the way, another AMC show? Did you ever watch Halt and Catch Fire? I started watching it. Good God, and, it's good. I'm telling you what. Yeah? I, I'm already watching it the second time with my wife. Really? Like, I only recently watched it and binged it, and watched, mm-hmm. I'm watching it again. It. I caught the pilot. It might start. Yeah, that's not the... I, it's worth watching. It really okay. is. Okay. It really, really, really is. Okay. It's one of these shows where I'm like, I don't know why people... Did you ever see Friday Night Lights? Yes. Did you like Friday Night Lights? <sighs> or did you not get all the way through? It. I did... Oh, I certainly did not get all... It just It just okay. hit too close to home. Oh. Friday, I mean, it was... You know, I grew up in a town like that. And sure. It was, it, yeah, it just... It's, it, I just mean in terms of like, it's a... It's a has a premise that is barely about that. Like it's really about people and relationships, even though yeah. it's centered around, but there's some really good tech technology stuff that happens. Anyway, I highly recommend that too. as okay. another AMC show that is all on Netflix. Actually, ah. the terror, I am writing it down. The terror. Yes. Um, so it's I not believe... like star blazers. I don't get my, nope, nope, not like star blazers. Although did you watch star blazers? As oh a kid? yes. I, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God, thank you. As, Yes, I as a never kid. meet anyone who did. I'm like, don't you remember the song? And it was all... Uh-huh. We're off to outer space. We're leaving Mother Earth to save the human race. How old was I? I was like I was five, six. Yeah, I was pretty young. Um, but it was on a <laughs> UHF station. Yes. Uh, it, it Over was, so it was. It was always Speed Racer that went into yes. Star Blazers. Yep. And then after Star Blazers, after they, I guess, had played all the Star Blazers that there were. Yeah, I don't think there were that many. Yeah, there weren't a ton after they. After they kind of. Blew their load on that. They went to <laughs> Battle of the Planets. Uh, what was the uh, What was the one that there was people that li- there was like this robot in a building that was underwater, and these kids that looked like they had Falcon helmets. Yeah, that's Battle of the Planets. Is that what that was or, called? Well, I, I'm pretty I sure it was called it something else. Well, well, it's also called I, I think Gachamon. Uh, I've got no. I've got a friend that that knows, and he's probably going to listen and. 
Uh, Battle of the Planets. Yeah, they've got little Falcon. Yeah, the Battle of the Planets show. They've got the little Falcon helmets. Yes, it was called. Gotcha like had a girl. Oh, it is called Battle of the Planets. Like science, 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 science ninja team. Doc Gatchaman. You're right. I really never remember the name. Like I remember the. I don't remember the underwater robot. What's that? No, like he was like there was this robot guy and he talked was the narrator and he was like in this building that was underwater. Unless I am. Conflating. Oh wait, what was was it Seven Zark Seven? Could have been. Yeah, Alan Young. That was his yeah. that was his voice, yeah. Yeah. I remember stupid shit like that. Like the other day I remembered that I used to buy my pro kid sneakers by going to some random woman's home into her basement. Yeah, I saw that. What the hell was that about? I don't know. I'm just like, oh, yeah, we'd go to this woman's house, and she let us in, and we'd go to her basement, and it was stock full of shoeboxes. And I just remember her, it was like a linoleum floor. Uh Uh-huh. She had the beams and posts had this wood around it. Like I just remember being in this weird, really super thick-grained, thin but deep, I guess I would say, grained wood. God, I remember weird, stupid details. Uh, and I would get my pro kids there. What the hell? Why? Who could just I, I, sell what? shoes out of the basement? Yeah, basement and shoes. And where? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Was the and whole thing was I, the whole thing set up like a basement, or was it set up like a shoe store? Both. Ah. So it was a basement. Clearly a basement that she was, just put. Boxes and stacked boxes of shoes all around it, and there's some like mirrors for you to look at. Your okay, feet. that's 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 what I wanted to know. Was there little try-on mirrors? Yeah, yeah. And- it's so weird. And I asked my sister, huh. and she's like, "Yeah, we did that." I'm like, "What the hell? How is that normal?" It's like we're gonna go to the grocery store, and you go down to your neighbor's basement, and you look. Yeah. Some, like, oh, what have we got here? Oh, chicken. look at that. I mean, that's what hmm. we're gonna have to do in the future because we live underground and away from everyone. Like, sure. I mean, everybody's going to have a basement grocery store to yeah. go to. And you're going to go to an attic restaurant. Where's dinner oh, today? Man. Oh, it's our next door. Yeah. I love We're... an attic restaurant. There's <laughs> nothing better. It's not like a rooftop restaurant. Let's get that No, no, clear. no, 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 no. No, yeah, no. It's, no. There's one tiny little window. It's hot as hell. It's hot as hell. And there's you got to watch out for the... In the, in the in the light that yeah, comes yeah. through that window. You got to watch out for the insulation that's going to probably fall. You have to walk on the boards too, because you know. Yeah, that, they that didn't insulation though, that it. makes it's it just... that makes a good salad garnish. <laughs> asbestos is the bestest. <laughs> so stupid and marker. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Uncle Weepy's Depression Dungeon. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard, and hopefully you got something good from it. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can reach us on Twitter at Uncle Weepy. You can look for Uncle Weepy's Depression Dungeon on Facebook, or you can just send a regular old email to talk at uncleweepy.show. Our hope is that we can help you. And in order to do that, there are a couple of things you can do to help us. First, please rate and review this show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you happen to subscribe. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more likely the podcast robots that run the world are to suggest this show to someone else. And that means more help for everybody. We all win. Second, if you like what you hear, support us on Patreon. 
Supporters of the show will gain access to exclusive content and other fun things that we haven't even dreamed of yet. Go to patreon.com slash uncleweeby today to give us some of your money. And thanks again for listening.